like I, I, you know, I told the story before is that when you have an actual dollar figure associated with how much you're getting paid per hour, it's like, well, how much is my happiness, w- happiness worth per hour? Mm. People generally put a pretty high sum on the happiness mm. that they'd be willing to pay per hour. Mm. And then money just becomes relatively irrelevant. Hey guys, welcome back to an episode of Subcut. Um, today we're going to be talking about money. Um, and in particular, how to change your perspectives on money, because um, especially with the whole COVID thing, I think a lot of thoughts have been happening about potentially developing some toxic views on money and being stressed financially and that sort of thing for me personally. So I'm Emma. I'm a third year physiotherapy student. I'm Neil. I'm a fourth year medical student. I'm Justin, and I used to be a doctor. And I just got something in my eye. <laughs> uh, but Emma, tell me more about um, where <laughs> tell me more. No, where did this topic actually come from? Because it's a bit um, random. Yeah, it is a bit random. But um, I think lately I've just been thinking more about money because I've always found myself being one to stress about finances, even though I'm not particularly struggling with money. If I actually mm. look at like the numbers and that sort of thing, like I am still financially secure, but my views on money are sort of like. I always tell myself that I'm poor, mm. if that makes sense. Like mm. I'm always like acting as if like I need to hang on to every single cent. I can't spend money on anything that's just purely for enjoyment. And the actually when this first started occurring to me was when I was out one day um, in Takapuna with one of my friends and it was like a Thursday evening or something. We were walking through and there were just a bunch of people sitting outside like having dinner. And I was like, what are these people doing having That's dinner? That's so unusual. Dinner? How dare they? I, like, I was like, what are these? I, honestly, genuinely, like, it wasn't even like, like, lol. I was like, actually, like, what are these people doing having dinner on a Thursday night? Like, don't they have work tomorrow? What are they doing just like having dinner for fun, like, with their friends? Oh. Like, that kind of thing. That, to that extent, yeah. And, um, and I've also, um, in my relationship, my boyfriend, he is a very a person that's very chill about money. He's sort of like, you know, money's there for a purpose. Like saving is good, but also you're supposed to have money so that you can actually buy things that you enjoy and mm. you can look after like that kind of thing. And I'm just sort of the person like, no, we have to save. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I've always found that in my family, it's been a bit of a stressful thing. Like we, we've always kind of thought about money and mm. I don't know if that's to do with also just being like an immigrant kind of thing mm. that it's always been a bit of a, there's always been a little bit of a grind mm. to do with that. Mm. But I know that it's really toxic. I know that it's definitely not something that I want. Like, that's not how I want to view money because it's not helpful to me. And I think in a previous episode, you said, like, there was a study done that in cash in hand, you actually need, like, $50,000 or something to actually be well off. Yeah, to be, like, happy. Uh, Yeah, I can't remember the exact number anymore, but... um, The concept was just that there's, like, like some minimal amount that satisfies your needs for which anything surplus is just like... I think it was like 70-something thousand. U- oh. It was a US study, and I don't know how old that is anymore, so I, I can't adjust for inflation or anything, but mm. it was anyway... <laughs> okay, sorry. Thank you, <laughs> no, I mean, if, it's, if, this was, if this was done in like the 60s, it's almost not relevant anymore yeah. because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. a different world and... No, but yeah. that just got me thinking, and I've been, I mean, next year's my final year of physiotherapy, and I've been looking into how much physiotherapists, like, make on average, and I know that, obviously, private practice makes more, but I'm always like, no, I need to put my happiness first, and I see myself in, like, the hospital, but then in my head, there's, like, this little thing that's mm. like, ooh, but, like, money, mm. and mm. I just, yeah, I want to change my perspective on that, and I was wondering, like... Is this like a, <laughs> is this like a, money is important, change my mind? No, this is like a, this is like, (laughs) this is like a, I know money is important, but only to a certain extent. And how do I make myself 
focus on other things apart from money as being part of happiness. Okay, do you know this reminds me of this um, story? <laughs> Let, we'll talk about this topic more, but like I just have to tell the story first. I remember working with this um, student. He was, I, th- I think it was like 15 or 16. Mm-hmm. And uh, like we were in the middle of a conversation about how, you know, th- this is a kid who um, wanted to, uh, he wanted to sort of get into medicine. He was thinking about it, but he just wanted general like help with his career and skills development. And I was like, okay, cool, let's get to work, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I was, you know, teaching him like various skills that are going to be life-changing. And um, and I was like, okay, so like, you know, right now you've got a great opportunity. You can like go uh, find like a place, like a volunteer at a place to just get mm. some work experience, mm. get some industry contacts, start like, you know, knowing people and getting some names under your belt so that you know, like people in the industry that could really get you a long way. Um, and you know, if, if you're in, in high school, if you're like 15, 16 years old, let's say that you're interested in like, um, let's say you're interested in like tech, okay? And then you do, you do a tech internship. You just go up to a tech company yeah. and you think like, oh, that's an awesome tech company. And I just want to like, I just want to, I just want to work. I just want to be in that environment. And you go up to them and say like, I'm super keen. This is what I can do. Like I'm willing to basically do whatever and you don't even have to pay me. I just want to like get exposure and experience. And then if you go in with that mentality and ask 10, 10 places, at mm. least one of them, if not all of them, will say like, yeah, 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 we're keen to get you on, like involved somehow because enthusiasm tends to be reciprocated, mm. right? Mm. But the student was like, but how will that make me money? And yeah, I was like, yeah. well. I think you mentioned this to me last time. Yeah, yeah. I may have. He was yeah. quite frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he, uh, you know, I was like, well, look, you know, how much money do you think you can make from doing this? You know, mm. like, let's say that you work like a, a part-time job instead of doing this, mm. you know, and you hustle super hard. Mm. You know, how much are you going to make by the end of the year? Like $1,000, $2,000? I was like, if you made $2,000, would you be like, wow, I made a lot of money? And he, mm. would be, he was like, I would say that's uh, pretty good. Yeah, that was very good. And I was like, you know, that doctors make like a thousand dollars a week, right? Yeah, you know, from just existing in the job, yeah. Yeah. you know. And I was like, so you you have the possibility right now to invest this year, yeah. use your time, and not have money, mm-hmm. and instead like change the outcome of your yearly income. You know, mm. ten years from now by a hundred five hundred thousand mm. dollars per year mm. instead of the trajectory that he was definitely going down. Which was like relatively useless. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So like that, it's it's just such a yeah. You know, they're so obsessed with just that immediate short term gain yeah. of money. Mm-hmm. I really like how um Gary Vee sort of puts it as well. He, he he asks people that you know they want to become rich and everything like right now, and but they don't really have a job and they're not working for anything right now. And so he basically asks them, "What is your time worth to you right now?" Yeah. He essentially just says, "Dick zero, because he's got absolutely nothing going for him. Yeah. He has no job, no qualifications, nothing. So what are you like expecting to lose if you don't go ahead and you know put yourself out there and try and yeah. hustle through these scenarios and stuff? Yeah, Apparently th- worth nothing anyway. <laughs> I, think, I think there's like this idea that like everyone knows that money isn't happiness, but when it comes down to it, especially for me at least, at least mm. for me, like I know outwardly that money isn't happiness, but like my tendencies and my thoughts on a daily basis kind of like it's like uh, mm. money I is kind of like a little bit. <laughs> bit of happiness you know i think that it's you know maybe it's because we've grown up with relative like a constant relative deficiency of what we would consider like the optimum amount of money Mm. um having said that i think maybe like if you look retrospectively like how much of your how much happiness have you missed out on because of not having funds Mm. uh and there may be like moments where you're like oh yeah there were like little bits here and there that you know like if i had more money that would have been better Mm. um but 
if I, for me personally, if I think about it, you know, like, yeah, there are certain areas that like provide me stress or whatever it is due to lack of money. Mm. But if I really think about quality of life and happiness in general, I don't think I really took much of a hit at all. Yeah. And that's this like topic about money and happiness and something I've like, you know, initially it was just like, oh, maybe it can buy you happiness and stuff through the things like when it's super, super, super superficial and like very young and stuff. Yeah. And then you sort of transition to like, yeah, money's not everything. There's heaps more things more valuable in the world and life and stuff than <laughs> that. But now I've sort of to sort of like ease back on both extremes and sort of like realize that it really depends on who you're talking to. Because if you speak to someone from extremely humble beginnings coming from, you know, like some immigrant country and stuff, I'm thinking from like my own family and stuff yeah. that way. And then like, like, you know, actually money did bring a lot of happiness mm. when your lifestyle is nothing like what we have right now. Mm. I, I, I can't even begin to describe what it might've been like back then because I've, yeah. I've lived a very, very privileged and sheltered life and stuff, you know? Um, and so when you have conversations with those people that came from those beginnings or those, those areas, um, I feel like they can almost be justified to some extent in yeah. saying that. Well, there's a threshold but effect. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what you were saying since last time as well. But like, you know, I guess with our, with at least the audience that we're talking to or most people that will discuss this sort of concept, most of them will come from, you know, your like westernized, relatively at least like middle income, if not higher sort of job and stuff where they usually have their needs fulfilled and stuff. And that's usually, the, the, you know, that's the threshold thing that yeah. you're talking about. And so anything surplus from that, like, sure, like on top of that, money might not be the main thing that you should be striving towards, you know, but below that threshold, yeah. yeah, meet your needs first, of course. But like, what even is sur the surplus? Like, that's what I want to know. I want to know when yeah. I'm comfortable. Like, what is being, because I have no concept of money. Like, yeah, I like pay a couple of bills and like pay, like, but I, it's not like I'm managing my money like as a complete adult at the moment. It's sort of half-half. And so it's like hard for me to gauge an understanding of like, so for example, like looking up on Korea's NZ, how much does a physiotherapist make? Mm. And I'm like, 50,000? Mm. Is that a lot or is that not a lot? Should I be worried about this? Should I be choosing my career based on which one like makes me the most money? That kind of thing. So. Well, first of all, I'd say like, no, you, you shouldn't pick a career based on what's going to make you the most mm -hmm. money. And primarily the, the reason I'm saying this is not something that's su super like deep or anything. You can monetize anything. Like you can be a physio. You yeah. want to make more money? Just like sell some online courses. I don't know. Like you can, you can make, you can pad up your income relatively easily. Mm. You know, if you just leverage your skills, mm. you know, that's actually possible to do. Uh, and if you're willing to hustle a little bit more, you can always make more money. And uh, if you're starting with something that's, I don't know, like 40, 50K, you can always supplement that income to a decent amount to the point where you're actually at a, at a better income level mm. without having to like sacrifice your career that you would actually really enjoy. Mm. So fundamentally, I think, you know, you shouldn't be choosing a career based on money because of the fact that we live in like a culture where it's actually very monetizable. Like mm. everything is very monetizable. Mm. In fact, like even nothing is monetizable. Uh, you can you can sell like the randomest, like anything. Man, I'm seeing like bottled New Zealand or like bottled Aussie air being sold in like like not trading with like Amazon and stuff right now. It's like I don't even know how I got these ads. Like, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> but yeah, like I, two I, two th two sort of questions come up to my mind. Hopefully, if I can remember them now. Um, first one was okay. Like, why do you actually think that money will? provide you that sense of satisfaction or fulfillment or maybe happiness equivalent into that context. Mm -hmm. And second one being, um, how much money do you actually personally need to satisfy yourself? Because that, I think both of those will be relatively personal questions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't think there's going to be a blanket answer for everyone. Mm -hmm. I mean, we just discussed that with, uh, you know, 
what SCP status you are, low or middle or high. Mm. With that itself, that yeah. SCP meaning social economic yeah. position, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the, I, I, I think about money. Um, I, the way I've thought about money has changed a lot mm. over the years. Mm. When I was young, I was real into money. Like uh, there was this time that when I was like, I think I was like twelve or something. I'm investing in Tesla, dude. I should have invested in Tesla. I remember. Ta- I remember nah, I dropped sixteen point four billion recently. Yeah, hey, it'll go back. Up. Yeah, it probably will. Let's go, Elon. Even though he forgot his own kid's name. Um, anyway, <laughs> I forgot his kid's name. No one can remember. X Ash A twelve. That was illegal. It's like he just hit his head on the keyboard and then that. Oh, well, would you look at that? <laughs> anyway, um, uh, just kidding, Elon. Please sponsor us. Yeah. Um, <laughs> please, Elon. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so when I was when I was really young, I remember doing this job where um, I was basically I can't remember exactly what the detail was, but there were like these two different websites, and it was this uh, it was like a web development company. And what they wanted to do was they just wanted to like kind of clone one of the websites they previously built into like a new <laughs> website. And all they needed to do was someone to go through and actually literally copy the links. And this I don't know what website it was, but it had a lot of links. Like we're talking like thousands of links. Mm. Uh, and so they were like, okay, every link that you copy, you'll get like 20 cents. Okay. And I was like, all right, there's like thousands of links on this website. Mm-hmm. I will probably be making like hundreds of dollars. And I was like 11 years old, right? hundred dollars is like, I'm rolling. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can imagine that. Down. Yeah. So imagine 11 year old just. I know, and he'll be like. This hustling was my, you know. <laughs> do you know copy face, copy face, copy face, copy face. <laughs> okay, th- this is actually what I did when I was 11 years old. I just remembered. There's something called a ghost mouse. A ghost mouse is a program that records your mouse movement and then you can play it back. So what I did is I got four windows uh, cascaded together and then I had a thing. So it'd be like, uh, like copy, like drag it, like paste it. Just automated like what scroll, you Scroll and then do it. And I would just like leave it on overnight. So that it would You're work. Such oh a my God. savvy eleven you know year Actually, old. that's exactly what Justin would have done. <laughs> yeah, of course. Wow. But but it didn't that's work. Cool. It didn't work. Oh, okay. It didn't work because like um, sometimes it's like it lags a little bit, oh. but the ghost mouse doesn't keep up, and then it will just like randomly click on a random thing, and then it oh just no. screws up. So it didn't really work. But anyway, uh, uh, get the, the point is, yeah. So I was like really money driven at the time, um, and I did a lot of stuff to try to like get more money. Like that's how I sort of started doing freelance design work and things like that. And then I went through that period you know that you're talking about where you're like oh money's not kind of everything and that's yeah. sort of how my parents raised me anyway mm-hmm. um so yeah like at a certain level mm. you, bef- until you reach a certain threshold that money is providing you a lot because of the fact that you are literally disadvantaged in like a basic level like mm. if you can't eat that's that's quite an unhappy situation that's tough. Yep. yeah so and if you can't eat the food that you want you know there's obviously a slightly less but still oh. you know a, a happiness hit mm. but then there's the other idea, right? Which is the idea of like, okay, like what actually are we talking about when we're talking about happiness? Um, which is more of like a internal aspect. So fast forward, the way that I sort of think about it now is like on one hand, it's quite emotive. On one hand, it's quite calculated. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, it's uh, it's more like intro, not introspective, but more about my internal drive for happiness. Okay. So the idea is like, you can be poor and happy. Mm. Like it's possible. You can be poor and also happy. Yeah. And that just depends on your outlook and your perspective, right? Poor financially. Yeah, financially poor. Um, but if you have a, a life where you're very grateful for things, mm. you know, we're talking about just stuff that's very researched, right? Like we don't have to go into this in super amount of depth. Yeah. Like anyone that's listening, if you're interested in these topics, you know, just search for like gratitude and things like that and the effect that it has on happiness. Mm. Um, so 
there are going to be people that are extremely rich and also very unhappy. Mm-hmm. And the studies would suggest that the most unhappy people are at the extremes of both spectrums. Just into like, I was just literally just hanging out with my mate Rishi and he just said, one of the risk factors for depression is high SEP, socioeconomic position. Yeah, Strange. there's actually what a the U-shaped heck? distribution. So yeah. we're two, when you're um, U-shaped, when your income, <laughs> yeah, when your income is too high, mm. um, your yeah not only okay, it's not only do, does your um happiness reduce mm. um on average also your 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 child's happiness reduces as well mm. um yeah because they just grow up too spoiled and yeah. stuff yeah anyway so um parenting becomes harder as well so there's there's like a sweet spot in the middle but the the problem with the study is that it doesn't really consider like the actual individual Right, because you can have someone that's at the most extreme level of poor and the most extreme level of rich. Like I'm sure there's a lot of happy rich people, yeah. <laughs> sure. You know? sure, and I'm sure there's a lot of happy uh, poor people. Mm. So it's obviously there's an internal drive that makes a big difference, and that's really the thing that would be what would you can consider like a game changer, like the first step. The first step is if you don't know how to be happy, yeah. you will never be happy no matter what the situation is. Mm. So money isn't even in the equation yet. You know, it's just, can you be happy? Like, do you have the skill to be happy? Mm. And I think a myth is that happiness should just be natural. It's like, why the hell do you think happiness should be natural? Like, yeah. really, what, what do you think? Like, <laughs> we were born into like, like the, the world existed and then we just had buildings and society as it is. You know, yeah. like we evolved yeah. to, you know, a different sort of situation. Mm, like mm. happiness is not meant to be like something that is just like yeah inherently a that thing. happens especially. Yeah, and especially like <laughs> think about all the competing motivations and interests that there mm. are on this planet. Mm. So if you think about people that are doing advertising or marketing mm. and they want to sell you like, let's say cigarettes, right? They, they don't care about your happiness. Mm. You know, they're just going to sell you whatever they need to yeah. sell you. Mm. You know, the, the person that knows that you're addicted to their product or game or service or, you know, the people that are like, you know, running the casinos, they don't care about your happiness. Mm. And they're spending millions and billions of dollars on figuring out exactly how your brain works because, you know, the brain really stopped evolving a long time ago yeah. and just hacking into those primitive desires. So the distractions and the triggers for unhappiness are super mm. normal. Mm. Like, for example, there are studies saying that humans uh, don't get the same kind of happy response from seeing a person's face over a video call mm-hmm. as they do in real life, mm-hmm. okay? So what that means is that there is inherently an actual aspect of physical connection. Mm-hmm. So with increased like social networking, uh, like social media and digitalization, this, that's gonna take a hit. So we live in a society which is not really optimized for happiness. Mm-hmm. That's not what the primary metric of successful society is. It mm-hmm. tends to be more economical, mm-hmm. yeah? Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, it's really illogical to assume that happiness sh- will just happen naturally. Mm. But at the same time, if you try too hard to be happy, that also stops you from being happy. Yeah. So it's yeah. about accepting what there is to be happy and gra- gratitude and all that. Let's talk about the skill of happiness, mm. right? Yeah. So that's the, that's the first um, aspect. And mm. then we can start thinking about money yeah. and yeah. the aspect of money. Yeah. So on one hand, the emotional aspect of money, mm. it's like, what is the money actually contributing to you? So there's a great saying in marketing, I don't know who initially said it, but um, I, I originally uh, read it in a book called This Is Marketing by a very famous marketing dude called Seth Godin. And oh. he said, um, do you know Seth Godin? Oh, it just rings a bell. He's yeah. like, he's written a few other books. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a very well-known dude. Yeah. Um, he's got podcasts and stuff. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't know if he's the one that said this, but he said, okay, like when you are looking to um, buy a, uh, 
when you're looking to buy a nail mm. so that you can hang a shelf on the wall mm. or like hang a picture on the wall, what you're, what you're buying is not a nail. What you're buying is a hole in the wall. But what you're buying is not the hole in the wall. What you're buying is the ability to hang a picture on the wall. Sure. But you're not buying the ability to hang the picture on the wall. You're buying the feeling that you'll get when you see the picture. Right? Well, yeah. It's like three steps extended. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so money becomes the currency through which we are accessing things that can potentially mm. give us the yeah. happy feeling. Of course. Yeah. Right? So if you think about it that way, yeah, well, like, no shit, money will get you some level of happiness because a lot of happy things are locked behind a paywall. Mm, right mm, mm. so assume like every hobby you had you required money for mm. money would buy you access to those activities mm. which if you know how to be happy if you get if you know how to bitch about everything you'll never be happy <laughs> but if you know how to be happy you that's gonna unlock yeah, yeah. happiness for you i was just finishing reading um talking to strangers by malcolm gladwell and i, I might be misquoting with this as well but um he was referring to uh one of the stories he was talking about was uh, anyway related to alcohol and basically he was saying that um you know, uh, previously it was always seen as a, well, actually, I'm not sure, was it like a depressant? It can be both. It's like, it's on both sides of the yeah, inducing. I what the actual thing's like, called, but. Yeah, inducing and inhibiting of that yeah. enzyme. Sleeping, yeah, whatever. Um, and um, like, it, it sort of just rings a bell that like, you know, money almost seems to be the same way. The, like the emotions and the personality and every the values that you have before you have a lot of money, if they're shit, then your use of the money is also going to be terrible, you know? Same way that goes the other way around. If you if you are a better person and everything like that, and a more positive thing in that way, um, then your use of the money and what you do with it and how you sort of re like use or react and with having yeah. that much money is also going to be beneficial, I guess, for you and for other people. Yeah. That, that you like I think you're, if you're well. relying on money for happiness, fundamentally that that's an issue. That's an issue. Yeah. 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 But if you are not relying on money for happiness, but mm. it just so happens that there are times where you feel that money is restricting your ability to access certain things, yeah. then that's a different type of decision there. Yeah. Because it's like, how much happiness is this going to bring me? Mm. And do I really need that to be happy? Mm. It's kind of, you know, it's like, I could eat this cake or I could not eat this cake. And if I eat the cake, then I'll feel good while I'm eating the cake, but I might feel terrible afterwards because, mm. you know, like I'm getting fat Calories. or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's like, okay, if, if for you, the, the joy of like eating that cake is so great that it actually <laughs> offsets the every other, you know. This also sounds like me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Welcome to your therapy Sorry. session. <laughs> Carry on. It's like <laughs> passive therapy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah so, you know, that, that's a different type of decision, right? Mm. Obviously. So, mm. um, but if, 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 if the person knows how to, gain happiness from the alternative then mm. that's a fundamentally a skill because you're not always going to be able to get the first thing that you want like if you really want a certain car but you can't afford it are you going to be unhappy with every other type of car because a lot of people actually like that mm. and i you know i don't see these people being number one financially very well off and number two very uh happy mm. so if you're the type of person that wants a certain car you can't afford it but you find another really cheap car and you still can enjoy what you like what you like about it then that's fundamentally a skill. And when you have more money, then maybe you get a little bit more luxury from that. But you can see at that point, it doesn't tend to move the needle mm. too much. Yeah. My other point of view is the calculated side, which actually goes back to um, Emma, what you were saying before. Um, I was about to call you Emmeline. <laughs> wow, well exposed. We just, had a, yeah. we just had a conversation about our other names. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Neil, do you, do you have a... Neil Kulkarni. Neil. 
Is that it? <laughs> you, you, you just kneel? Just kneel. Cool. Yeah. You, you, you're just Neil? I'm you don't ju- have another... I, th- I hope I'm Neil. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just Neil. Okay. <laughs> Neil Gukani. Yeah. No middle name? Oh, Deepak. That was my dad's name. Oh, Deepak. Right. Okay. Anyway, um, yeah, Emma, what you were saying before, like 50,000, is that a lot? Yeah. Is it not? Um, so I started thinking more like this when I started running a business where um, now my happiness is very closely connected to my business. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so I need to know like what, how much money do I need? Um, and I, you know, I read a lot more about that. So my personal finances got better as my business finances got better. Mm. Yeah. Um, just th- the skills are transferable. Mm. And I had to think about this a lot because obviously when I quit being a doctor, I took a huge pay cut. Yeah. I took a $60,000 pay cut, by the way. Yeah. And I think that was, this re- like, that was another thing that started me thinking about this because you started talking about the fact that there was a high risk associated with staying in medicine. And in my in mind, I'm like, no, there's a high risk from leaving mm. to start a business. And then I realized you were talking about risk as in, in terms of happiness, whereas that that, yeah. that thought didn't even cross my mind. I was just like, my mind went straight to the money. Yeah. And I was like, damn, that's such a good point. Like, Emma, stop. Yeah, like, but it's, it's <laughs> hard to think that way until you already have enough money for you to break out of that. Mm. So when I started working as a doctor, I, di- I didn't, I had, I got to skip all of the, you know, if you work at a job that starts at 40K and you over 10 years work up to 90K, then you've got 10 years of hustle and all of that sort of stuff. And it's a, a bigger deal mm. for me graduating straight away. I'm w- walking into a 90 K job. Yeah. Mm. So money never becomes an issue mm. uh, from the very beginning. Mm. So I'm already straight away freed from that and able to, I'm still like young and fresh enough to think about like what I want out of my life. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I haven't had to slave away for 10 years to get to that point. Mm. Um, but by the way, and if you're thinking, well, it's a really good reason to get into medicine, just remember oh, perfect segue. <laughs> just, just, just remember that you know all the other people that started on that forty k job, they started working seven years before you did because mm. you had to stay in uni for so long, and then all the other That's stuff, so mm. Mm. right? So like all my other friends who like did accounting, or whatever, they're like buying their houses. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no. And then you're like, I graduated. Yeah. <laughs> Time to pay off my loan. Yeah, which is like hundred thousand dollars. If you get a, if you live in a country that has a if generous student loan scheme like New Zealand, but anyway, yeah, um, yeah, so. When you're like, I, you know, I told the story before is that when you have an actual dollar figure associated with how much you're getting paid per hour, it's like, well, how much is my happiness, w- happiness worth per hour? Mm. People generally put a pretty high sum on the happiness mm. that they'd be willing to pay per hour. Mm. And then money just becomes relatively irrelevant mm. uh, as long as it's beyond a certain threshold. So me, I knew that my pay cut would actually take me below likely what that threshold actually is mm-hmm. um, because I was taking a pay cut from like 90 to 30K. Right, mm. so I was really relying on being able to pad up my incomes through other contracting jobs and things like that. So it was going into a financially very risky situation. Mm. So um, this is like what I just do. By the way, I'm not a financial advisor. If you're listening to this and you're gonna follow this financial <laughs> advice, blah blah blah, legal stuff, yeah, you know, like whatever. Like just do what your own. Copyrights meant to be over here right now. Yeah, just <laughs> you know, like if you want to follow my advice, do so at your own risk. I take no liability, yeah. no responsibility. Cheese and cheese. I don't know. Blah, blah, blah. Like the asterisk and the small, small print words at the bottom. Yeah, Jake, you got this. Except God, etc. Okay, not. But yeah. I think it's good advice. <laughs> but I think yeah. it's good advice because it really actually changed my like when you have your money under control, it really feels very empowering for a lot mm-hmm. of other things. Mm-hmm. And my money is not like super under control but it's way more under control than it used to be okay mm. and now like business people listening to this podcast will be like man what a noob but you know you are not a business person so <laughs> that's all good just don't show it to your friends okay I'm so anyway, anyway in anyway. summary so far what we've sort of discussed and we've got to is that okay they're like superficially most people tend to start off with yeah money can buy you happiness and then we go to the extreme of nah no way money's like not everything in the world and then we sort of appreciated that more of a middle ground like yeah it is personally mediated it's calculative it's emotive mm. 
based yeah. as well. Um, and it sort of depends on what you're what you sort of want and want yeah but there's sort of a step well. like you need the yeah. skill of happiness first yeah and then money becomes like an additional aspect mm. and mm. then we can think about the calculative part yeah. which is how much do you actually need cool. so it's like really simple when you calculate it out just like what are all the bills that you have what are all the expenses that you have and just tally all of them out and then write down what it's for mm. and then just go through each of those and think is there anything here that i can negotiate lower 20 mm. percent of the time there is phone bills, electricity bills, rent even, you know, there are ways to negotiate it down. And often you have a lot of, consumers often have a lot of power to negotiate it down. Um, if you're looking for a tips on negotiation, <laughs> never split the difference by um, hey. <laughs> yeah, Chris Voss uh, is what I recommend. An FBI I negotiator, hostage negotiator is pretty good. He's a masterclass um, or something as well. He's got, he's got a lot of stuff anyway. <laughs> um, so look at what you can negotiate down. Mm, even mm. if you negotiate it down by like $5 a month, if you're negotiating five things down by five dollars a month, and that extra twenty five dollars going into your pocket or somewhere else, mm. that actually is very mobilizing, mm. um, and can you can do a lot with that. Mm. Um, and then, what are the expenses that you can straight away cut that you don't need in your life? Mm -hmm. So, for example, like think about this: Netflix. Do you watch the same amount of Netflix every single month? If not, cancel it some months. Mm. Cancel by cancel, you know, and you can do that. Or yeah, other things like if you're in a relatively dead part. And you're thinking, I'm not going to be listening to my Spotify very often. Mm. Just cancel that and then just mm. get onto it later. You know, there are ways that you can save yeah. money here and there. Maybe habits as well on a week to week or day to day basis, like coffee. Yeah, coffee. Coffee costs was a so big one. much. Coffee is a huge one. So I, so when I was working as a house officer, because everyone buys coffee <laughs> yeah. every single day, yeah. uh, I would just not carry my wallet with me. Yeah, and I'll turn oh, off my oh, like oh, phone. Sorry. You got this now? Thanks, thanks. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, but <laughs> but the thing is, yeah, that, that you feel guilty because if you go to coffee, on me. <laughs> yeah, other people will buy it for you. Yeah. So yeah. I just avoided coffee. You know, if yeah. everyone's going for coffee, I'll just be like, I'll just meet you guys at the you know at the table. Yeah. I'll get us a table or something, and then you guys get coffee and yeah yeah, yeah no one's gonna be like do you want coffee and you're like no 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 and you're like no no no. i'm gonna buy you a coffee you know people don't generally do oh, that okay. <laughs> they don't have force <laughs> yeah, i've would. seen a few times it's happening well in that case you're just like fine yeah you yeah, can buy yeah. <laughs> um, yeah but yeah like i drink a lot of coffee but i buy you know i buy yeah. the coffee and things like yeah. that so yeah. there are a lot of things that we spend money on without even thinking about yeah. it coffee is a big one huge yeah. one you can yeah. probably save like a hundred bucks a month yeah. on just coffee yeah um and then once you have that as your expenses that's that amount is how much you need to have as the bare, bare minimum just to live, right? But that's not enough. Mm. So then you look at how much do you actually expend on the luxury, mm. you know, weekly spend. Most people are spending a lot of money without really realizing it mm. on a day-to-day. -day. Mm. And you can actually cut that down on a weekly amount and just give yourself a weekly budget. Yeah. So I don't spend a lot of money uh, on a weekly basis. Mm. I get by with like around probably like $50 to $70 a week. Um, and that will last me for the week's worth of like spending. Mm. And uh, if you set yourself like a pretty conservatively high amount, like if you think you only need 50, then set yourself like 60 because you don't want to like be messing around with like shifting money between different accounts or anything. Mm -hmm. So if you set yourself that as your weekly and then you set yourself like a small amount allocated to buying, you know, splurging on gifts or whatever, and you figure out, okay, I need like $200 saved at least once every couple months to buy myself something special, divide mm. that over the weeks. Then you end up with different accounts with different allocations that are actually calculated out based on what you know you need, mm. which also encompasses how much you need to splurge on gifts, on other things. And it gets you into the habit of buying things that you want that, and you don't have to hold back on it, but also saving for those things and not just going crazy with your money. Mm. 
and knowing how much you have to spend budgeting, exerting self-control, but having the luxury to be able to spend on the things you really do want mm. and provide a good balance. Mm. So for me, like my income now is a lot lower than it was as a house officer. Mm. My actual ability to save has gone up by a lot, mm-hmm. you know? So just being able to manage little things like that actually really goes a long way. I so think COVID 50, is- 50K, yeah. I would say 50K for like a, like a just an individual, mm. if, you're not, if you don't have like a family, is a lot of money that you can be doing with. You know, especially if you're not paying a lot of rent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you're not paying any rent, then 50K is a, a lot of money mm. that you can do something mm. with. Mm. But most people will just, you know, instead of saving that few hundreds here and there, they'll just spend it on the mm. you know, whatever, like blow it at a casino or something. Yeah. Another thing that I've sort of come across often with, with how you sort of use your money as well um, is like investing in yourself as well. Sounds cheesy and I feel yeah. like it's been overdone as well. But like, when you think about it, I mean, I've okay. For example, the main change that I've sort of done at least in 2020 is just in terms of reading. Yeah, books. I was just gonna say books. I love that stuff now. Like it's my it's my cocaine. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Like, um, it's just the <laughs> uh, disclaimer, disclaimer. But no, <laughs> don't do drugs. <laughs> whatever. Um, no, but like it's like it's it's so fulfilling. You learn so much out of it and stuff. And those like the, when I spend money on that, I'm like I think about it. I'm like I can justify me buying this book right now. Because yeah. of the potential like gain I can get from this, yeah. Especially if it's on like managing my personal finance or something, rich dad poor dad or something <laughs> like that, you know. Um, yeah. But um, anyway, yeah. Aside from that stuff as well, because uh, we aren't exactly financial advisors and stuff as well. Um, and given the whole purpose of this podcast, you mentioned earlier, you know, if you want to do, um, if you want to, if you want to be rich, um, don't do medicine. Mm. That's a thing that I've often heard as well. But um, let's let's pick that apart a bit more yeah. because. I, th- I feel like, honestly speaking, I sort of just accepted it. But I'm now when I sort of, I actually had a conversation um, with, with mom about it. And as you know, it's just like, why do we actually, why, why is that actually the belief that we have right now? Because actually, no, yeah, go ahead. Why, why do we think so actually, far? Why I have a question for you like first. Oh. Yeah. When you were applying for medicine, because if you guys didn't know this, Niels has been a very lucky person to have actually known for a while that you've wanted to be a doctor, right? Like you didn't oh, really, yeah. you didn't really go between different things. You were sort of like, yeah, like medicine is like what I want to do, and you seem pretty happy with it. Is that true? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> did true. you did you know? Did you know that doctors don't make uh like it, like that being a doctor wouldn't be the best way to make a whole lot of money if money was your main focus? Did you know that before applying for med school, or were you kind of like, oh yeah, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna be rich like was that part of your thinking i think um considering my upbringing Mm -hmm. money has been something that i hadn't had to i didn't need to worry about Mm -hmm. too much um Mm -hmm. even if i stayed at the same amount of cp i don't know how to describe it really um as i currently am i think i'll be completely like more than satisfied Mm -hmm. and so it was never like like really, like truthfully speaking, I can't believe I actually never thought about. It. I was sort of just like, oh, okay, they get money, that's good. And and you know, funnily enough, it's something that everyone else, like all the aunties and uncles and stuff, will be telling you. Oh, yeah, you're gonna have lots of money, huh? <laughs> I'm like, uh, yeah, sure, yeah, cool, yeah. yeah there's, that, there's that too. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah cool. You know, but it's more so just like, <laughs> like the naive year seven kid, like, oh, that'll be cool. Yeah, like that's the extent of my decision making to go. Yeah, into that. I think that's another We're thing though, that, like yeah. upbringing and I guess your parents' values mm. that they've put into you and how mm. st- I guess like as a child I was what, someone who was really aware of money as well. Like I was the type of person mm. to not tell my parents about camp because I didn't want to like 
give them the yeah. slip and see that it was $200, that kind yeah. of thing. And I think that's kind of also what influences my beliefs on it now. So unlike you, mm. money was a big thing when I was choosing my career, but not enough to choose a career that I completely just like didn't mm. like. Whereas I think some people might fall into that trap and trick themselves into thinking that they're going to love this job just because of the money. Yeah. And I think this is the part where I might, um, where I was, I'll, I'll mention what I wanted to yeah. say before. And this is the main thing that I was sort of talking that I wanted to talk about because, okay, let, let's take it back to, you know, your um, poor lower SEP um, immigrant family and stuff that's come over. Okay. Um, what about the career of medicine really, really appeals to our parents and stuff in that way? Um, is it the money, really? Is it? Because when I started like looking into it a bit more, all those sort of you know your like stereotypical careers and stuff, like okay, let's say uh, yeah, sure, maybe lawyer, uh, maybe engineer, but definitely doctor. Yeah. Okay, there is like stability in terms of job security and stuff in that way is a given. It's guaranteed, absolutely. Mm. And when you think about that, bringing that those sort of you know like my, let's say my parents or like well, not not like fully extent, but at least um, anyone from a lower SEP sort of position has, stability is something that's really, really important. You want to make sure that you're going to have uh, food on the plate every single week. I know week, where you're going with right? this. Right? And, and mm. that's like, you, you can think about, uh, okay, you can mistake yourself into thinking that money is the thing that you're really, really wanting to achieve and gain mm. from this job. Whereas actually, it's probably going to be stability. Mm. Because like we said before, it, we need to reach that threshold of meeting our needs first. And you want stability to meet your needs. You can't go gambling your life and trying to say, yeah, I'll try to make a big, you know, big <laughs> sale on this day. Stability, you're not going to, if you want stability, you're not going to go into some like stock market sort of investing thing or like sales or something like that. That's up and down and that's risky, you know. And so when I started thinking about the other careers that you could really compare medicine to, you know, it's there, there are, I can't even think of that many others that will give the same sort of stability that medicine has to offer. Mm. In terms of the you know, the challenges that medicine has to offer, they are often also predefined, yeah? The challenges are like, they're established risks. Like, you know what you're getting yourself into. You know that this is a sort of career the way, you know, like-, like Even the risks potentially, are stable. Yeah, even the risks are stable. That's <laughs> like, you can't even call it much of a risk and stuff yeah. anymore. Like, you know that it's gonna be stressful. You know it might have an impact on your family life, like on your own sleep, on your own stress and everything like that. You know, compare that with, um, something in sales like property, for example. You're not sure whether this house is gonna sell or not. You're not sure if um, you know there's gonna be some new sort of law passed on that's gonna make it difficult for you to build houses or something like that. You know, That's what I would consider whether, and when I think about that, the challenges are more like a potential loss, right? Or, or the benefits are a potential gain. We're talking about risk in those situations and that's not very stable, you know? And so I've sort of appreciated now that actually yeah, it's like money isn't what our parents are sort of working towards. It's stability. Mm. And that makes so much more sense. Yeah, because yeah, just a lot of the time, I mean, from my from mm. my experience, my aunties and uncles or my parents often they have put themselves into immigrant positions. Mm. Stability hasn't been what they have had. And that's probably why right. it's exactly what they want for yeah. us. Mm. And, so. you, and then you pose the same question. Can money buy you happiness? Heck yeah. <laughs> yeah can can money buy you stability okay no less so can stability <laughs> buy you happiness to that extent sure when you're in that sort of position mm. i definitely think so from that point on it depends who you're talking to um well i mean i talk to a lot of parents right sure and um <laughs> right <laughs> and all sorts of stories so uh, 
I think number one is that a lot of the people who really value the stability value it because they didn't have the stability in their own life. Um, but a lot of them are very not financially very savvy. Mm -hmm. And so um, not everyone, like there's certainly a lot of people that are, but I do find that a lot of people that do have less stability and are le earning less also just generally uh, have not as good personal finance management. Mm. Like I know people who are doing very well and they have other sorts of jobs that are potentially more risky, but they're actually financially extremely stable mm. because their personal financial management skills are very good. Mm. Um, so I, I, because like just because you earn a lot doesn't mean that you are stable. Mm. If you earn a lot, if you spend a lot, you're just as unstable. You know, it's about the like percentage, mm. if you think about it, mm. you know, and maximizing that percentage between earning and spending uh, yeah. is more of a skill than anything else. Yeah, that's that's one thing. So I definitely noticed that a lot of the parents I talk to, especially immigrant parents, they don't really have very good financial literacy. Uh, and so they haven't really thought about it actually even that deeply. Mm. They like have the vague idea of like stability, mm. but they're like, it makes a good money. Mm. And then that's, that's, it's like basically just sort of stops there. Like they don't mm. actually even question it further. It's just sort of, that's enough. Mm. Um, and the second thing is that I don't know if that's really the full story because if you look at different cultures, there's a lot, there's a big difference. So when I talk to, um, parents who are like born and raised here, just Kiwis mm. uh, or just, just like Caucasians in general, Europeans, just mm. people that are more brought up in a Western system. A lot of them don't really value that heavy level of stability as much. Mm. So, I mean, it's not to say that every single non-immigrant I've sure, talked to sure. has been like wealthier. And likewise for everything I was saying as well. Yeah. Mm. So, so obviously it's not like, and, and I like, some of the parents that I've talked to, like they work in, um, they might work in like um, manual labor jobs or like construction and things where their income is not super high. Mm. Um, they have had a lot of financial instability, but at the same time, they just don't value having that stability as much. Yeah. So mm. it's not that sure. inherently the stability is creating happiness either. Mm. I do also think in, I don't, I, I can't speak for other countries, but like from the Indians slash Sri Lankan slash from knowing Korean and Chinese parents I've all spoken to, there is like a beyond toxic level of <laughs> yes. obsession with material happiness mm. and the need to like impress others and showing prestige. face <laughs> yeah. and prestige. Yeah. And it's like, it's just obsessive. There's a chip. Yeah. And, and um, I don't know how much of the stability is actually stability and it's more so like social affluence stability. It's like I think that's part of the spectrum as well. Yeah, and I don't Once know if the culture has kind of dressed it up in a certain way because if you take the same income, and also a lot of these countries are, are just generally poorer, like disparity gaps sure. are larger. Mm. So maybe that's a difference as well. But I don't think stability in itself inherently provides happiness. I think stability is required. Of course. But I think yeah, the stability yeah. can come in many forms. Mm. Um, so like, let's say, yeah. for example, you don't know how much you're going to make in terms of money but you know that what you're going to make is going to be at least enough just to get through the bare minimum. Mm -hmm. But you know that you're always going to have time to spend with your family and your loved ones, mm. right? There's an incredible stability there, yep. 
right? I agree. Yeah. What if you know that you're going to have a higher income surplus to your needs, but you never know whether you're going to spend enough time with your kids mm. and you might get 20 years down the line and realize that you yeah. screwed it up. Mm. That's not very stable, is it? It's right? the same so thing. Define your terms, you know? Like so, yeah, I, I think it's yeah. difficult to make an argument if it's based around like something like that, like a single principle that money is what it kind of brings you. I think it's more the question is like, what is it that money is going to bring you? Mm. Like that's so valuable for you. Like money is the door that you're opening. Mm. What's on the other side of the door that you want and how worth that is it for you? Is there any other way of accessing it? And when you get it, will you even still be happy? Mm. You know, and there's a lot of thought there and this thought is difficult, which is why people don't do it. Mm. Um, unless you're trying to quit your job and then you have to do it because you just really don't know whether it's a good decision <laughs> or not. <laughs> what episode is that, Justin? That's, uh, I don't know, episode four, yeah, maybe yeah, seven. Uh, the only way you'll find out is to troll through all of our hey. episodes and, um, and, and do something with the subscribe button. Yeah, what I mean- you, What do you want to choose? What ad, what, what, what uh, uh, step I, on it? I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, if the, look it, if, what? The, if the subscription button is the sterile field of an operating oh, theater, God. you definitely want to just- <laughs> Locating nicely into you next wanna, week's into next week episode. episode. You want to directly yes. and contaminate the hell out of that. Oh no, that sterile field. This is foreshadowing. <laughs> Click the subscribe button. Leave a like. Leave a comment. It really helps uh, with the YouTube algorithm getting our content out to more people. If you like what we do, if you like the podcast, if you like the stuff that we talk about, um, we appreciate all the support. Um, if you like seeing episodes like this, then um, make sure to subscribe because we try to do episodes every. Fortnite. If you've got any suggestions, any uh, comments about this topic, money's a sensitive topic. It's mm. binding in your life. Mm. Uh, leave a comment down below or, or just wherever. PM us. Yeah. yeah, or just directly message uh, Neil, his personal email address. Just <laughs> specifically, I'll he say will, it out right. <laughs> he will reply to you uh, instantaneously. And if you're listening, yeah. uh, listening to us only through the podcast, um, you can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. So search for Subcut. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. See ya. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to Subcut. If you guys have any suggestions for content, please make sure you send it through. You can get in touch and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, or find us on our website at jttmed.com slash subcut. Subcut is a podcast brought to you by JTT. If you or anyone you know is interested in a career in medicine, make sure to get in touch and check us out at jttmed.com. <laughs>